1: So what's up? You're drinking
2: beers, eh? Always oh, drinking beers after a good hard day. Yeah. Oh, oh there you go. I love it. That's <laughs> the best sound ever. Soon enough, it'll be a crackling fire on the <sighs> in the background, too. Yeah, I, uh, last time I felt guilty. I, I didn't have any beers
1: to drink with you. So this time I made sure I had a couple uh, silver bullets down here. Oh, that's good then. Yeah, for sure. You there, Trav? Yeah, buddy. How you doing? <clears throat> good. How are you guys? Good man. Good. Doing Thanks good. for uh hopping on the show with us yeah no worries thanks for having me maybe Travis uh maybe right off the get-go you can just uh talk about yourself kind of who you are and and what you got going on and kind of just how you you fit into the puzzle yeah for sure so I'm Travis O'Shea uh owner of Wapiti River Outdoors
3: and basically yeah I manufacture game calls mostly elk calls and bugle tubes and kind of got into that when I was just a little little kid basically and dad bought me a, a reed and went the whole whole year and i couldn't make no sound on it so i was like what's going on (laughs) with this thing how do you make these things work Uh, and yeah i remember that was geez that was 20 years ago or more uh so (laughs) everything you're learning out of is a magazine basically so back then no one there was no youtube or nothing like that so it was all kind of learning learning on the fly so
1: yeah for sure and it's one of those things if you don't have somebody showing you you got to you got to learn the hard way. Which oh yeah, you know, definitely a lot more uh, access and availability to everything how it is now with YouTube and oh and yeah, podcasts and all that stuff. So
3: yeah, you name it: podcasts, seminars, trade shows. I mean, we teach hundreds of people at trade shows alone, just at your front front counter when they're buying stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, right from kids to ladies to young guys that just want to learn how to do the reads. Right. So yeah,
1: yeah, cool. So do you, do you get to go to a lot of the trade shows?
3: Yeah, I do. Yeah. I awesome. try to do as many as I can. And then uh, also at the big trade shows, usually we do seminars as well. Oh, so yeah. that's kind of one cool thing. You'll get get—you'll get a whole pile of people there, so you can kind of teach them all at once. And, nice. You know,
1: a lot of those guys are
3: veteran hunters as well. They've been yeah. using reeds for years and years. So I think it's a win-win. Everybody kind of learns something.
1: Yeah, I guess it's good uh, advertising for your branch. You're getting... Uh, like you said, there's a lot of there's a lot of people doing it and there's a lot of, I guess, in your line of work, there's probably, I guess, more and more these days there's a lot more competition than there used to be, I imagine.
3: Yeah, I don't know what it was like back in the day, but, I mean, you know, even those, even the older guys, they had, there was lots because you had Glenberry, Wayne Carlton, uh, you got Rocky, they still had Night and Hail. Like, there was probably, if you really broke it down i bet you there was probably a dozen way back then and right. back in the 80s 90s kind of thing right
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so when you first started calling how did you must have spent a lot of time in the woods just to figure out what sounds elks are elk are making and kind of like how to mimic what they're making when they're making and you know that sort of cadence eh? I imagine yeah
3: basically it honestly all started uh after that first year when dad got me that one read and i couldn't make no sound off it i just kept practicing and practicing and then finally that next summer i actually got pretty good at it and went in that's when i actually called in the uh, one of my first elk that I ever called in and honestly back then i didn't even know what i was doing because like i said I, I had just literally learned and as i came I I still to this day, I don't know if I was making a calf sound or a cow sound or I wasn't bugling. I can tell you that. (laughs) so
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's one of those things. I mean, I, I, I still do it. I don't, I mean, I, I know the difference between a bugle and a cow call and like a calf call. Yeah. Uh, You know, I could maybe throw a shitty chuckle out there, but other than that, man, I, I do, let's just say I do a lot of uh, rake and brush. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's one of the best things if you can get in on an elk without
3: having to call that's
1: <laughs> that's perfect yeah yeah we'll, we'll just get this out of the way and then we'll maybe we'll just talk uh we'll tell some cool hunting stories and stuff but i started uh checking out your web page and stuff Trav, and then like there's a lot of different calls on there so maybe yeah. like we could talk a bit like i mean i'm looking at a list right now and it's you got like the frolicker, the mayhem joker kryptonite huntress Patriot, Lady Pink, you know what I mean? The list goes on and on, yeah. which is, which is awesome. And yeah. for, for an expert hunt an expert caller like yourself or an ex- experienced caller, these are all going to make a lot of sense, but you know, to, to myself and and to the new guys looking to get into alcohol, I mean, obviously number one is just practicing. It's getting that call. Cause like you said, I mean, I know for myself the hardest thing when starting to L call. Is getting that first sound, and it's kind of like yeah. you know, you practice and you practice. You're like, man, these things just don't work. I can't figure it out. Can't figure. it Then all of a sudden, you get a squeak, and you're like, oh, what? Do you yeah, say? I got some. Oh yeah, I got some. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. totally
3: it. Yeah. yeah. So, kind of, I don't know how everybody else's lines work, but how mine kind of work is, uh, if it's more of a female name, like the Pink Lady, the Huntress, anything like that, you know, it's basically along the the cow calf line. Right. If you get into something like the lone bull, uh, the mayhem, the reaper, those are pretty aggressive mm-hmm. type, type names. Right. So that means more to the bull, the, you know, the bull sounds and stuff like that. And then of course there's always the middle, middle of the road stuff as well. You know, the ultimate goal is to find a read that you can cow calf call on, but you can also bugle on without having to change reeds, Right. Right. Um, so when I go out to the bush, I like to have, I do like to have a cow calf read. And then I like to have a middle of the road. And then I like to have a bugling read. And yeah. I kind of, those are how I kind of roll. For the most part, I'm a bugler. Like I love bugling. That's just, you, you have some guys, I they just love cow calling and right. they do really well with it. And for me, I just, <clears throat> I don't know. I've always liked the sound of a bugle. So the more I can bugle and chuckle and, and have fun calling a bull in that way. Like I don't, it doesn't honestly matter. You're you're, if you want a cow call or, or bugle, it's just whatever makes you happy while you're out there kind of right. thing. So, so that's kind of how I make my read lineup as well. Um, yeah, if it's a, if it's a female type name, it's going to be a, for one, it's going to be a super thin light latex uh-huh. with a, with a softer stretch. So when you're new and you're kind of starting out, that's what you really want to look for. A single read, for sure, because single read is a lot easier. So when, you, so when you
1: say single read, that's just one layer, right? So when, yeah. guys, are, when guys are picking up uh, a diaphragm for the first time, they're going to look at it. Yeah, You know, there's going to be different. Some of them are going to see different cuts. They're going to see. Yeah. Uh, so what I can show you here, like this is a frolicker. Mm-hmm. So that one there,
3: it's just a single latex. Yeah. And then if I go to the clutch, that's the orange one. If I flip it over you'll see there's yeah. an orange and there's a black mm-hmm. so basically that would be a double read that'd be a single read right double read anytime you start adding layer on top of layer on top of layer it gets harder and harder because you got to have more air pressure and more tongue pressure to right. operate it um <clears throat> and then doing that obviously you get more volume as well so
1: right. gotcha some some you have to kind of progress up to so somebody yeah. wants to somebody looking to start you know playing with these calls right away they're going to want to pick up a single read like single latex read right away try to get that first initial sound and then work from there
3: yeah exactly and the good ones are like i try to start it sounds funny but if you start on like the pink lady or the huntress they're really good ones to start on they're just super light a really light stretch um and just really easy to kind of get all your bases down and then basically kind of start progressing up from there. And I try to teach everybody, you know, even at the seminars and trade shows, there's a scale that you can actually learn. And once you learn the scale, you'll honestly end up with a cow mew and a bugle at the end of it. So if you want, I'll just kind of show you that little yeah, scale. Absolutely. So this is going to just on the little frolicker read, really s- single light latex. So. And if you'll just literally practice that going up and down a lot of other people on YouTube, they call it the siren or something like that. Um, Basically, if you just practice that, that teaches all your muscle memory control in your, in your upper jowls, because you're actually using the back of your tongue and you're pushing on your upper molars. If that makes any sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the reed kind of sits, kind of sits on your tongue like that. If this is the tip of your tongue, you always keep that down. And you're only using the back portion of your tongue. Right. It's like flexing your bicep, basically. Uh And then all you're doing is literally, you're just hissing like a snake. So use the air in your diaphragm and you literally just kind of go nice and easy. You don't have to get really aggressive and like get crazy with it. Uh, Just super light. And you'll actually get this sound. So this will be raised up into the roof of my mouth. And my tongue is basically just kind of fluttering along the bottom of it. Mm -hmm. And so, when you when you hiss, you'll get this. So from there, your tongue is barely touching it. Start raising the back of your tongue, You're and then once you hit pressure on it,
1: got gotcha. you. Yeah,
3: exactly. And keep that even air; just keep the right. same amount of air going. And basically, you'll you'll go up to that very high note, and then just slowly start backing it down.
1: Right.
3: So to turn that into a cow sound, you basically just start shortening up that siren. So. Right. So you can see how I just really shortened it all up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now to get the bugle out of that. So you already got your cow sound. Mm-hmm. From there, you can move on to a cow sound pretty easy. But to get your bugle out of that, you take that siren sound all the way up to the top and just basically end it at the top with a grunt. Just kind of go Urgh! at the end. And that's all with your voice. You're just Urgh! Urgh! getting mean with it. Yeah. So now you got a bugle. So you got a right. cow sound and you got a bugle you could honestly go to the woods and you can call the elk in just with that.
1: Right. Yeah. And for the people who are listening, they don't know the bugle. It might not sound like a bugle, but once you throw that tube on there, it sounds, it just sounds just like a bull. Yeah. It's amazing. That's the first thing I I noticed when I, uh, when I was playing with the reeds and I was like, man, this doesn't sound like anything at all. And then I'll watch a couple more and then you throw a tube on there. You're like, Oh, okay. Well finally starting to get somewhere with this. Yeah. 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 So here's a tube. I'll just throw you, show you the difference yeah yeah so the that tube was virtually is just, the same call just now you just added the tube yeah, yeah that's amazing it,
3: and the tube it's just they're you know they're they're throaty they got yeah big chamber they got big air going through them yeah they're just cool. they're just they're meant to be your amplifier and amplify that sound and make you yeah. sound spectacular yeah so.
1: got you and now the bigger the the bigger the tube the more it's going to be amplified
3: yeah yeah For sure. If you stick to just the the small little, you know, vacuum type poses, you're going to, those are all really awesome for like spike bugles and, you know, like pretty, pretty young bull sounds. But if you want that more grand, grand sound, yeah. You got to go to something with a little bigger chamber.
1: Yeah. So now one thing with the bigger tube, do you need, you, you need more voice coming out of you to make that really effective, right? No, honestly, um, So you'll have, so I guess it's kind of like, there's a
3: couple different um, thoughts on the bugling. Me, I'm a real easy bugling guy on my reed. I I let the air and I let the reed do all the work for me. Then you got some guys, they put tons and tons of pressure on that latex and they're like blowing as hard as they can. Uh, I guess it's how they learned and they haven't really probably had anybody show them that there's the easier way to actually let the reed do all the work. Gotcha. And I you, feel you like can, that
1: I feel like that's me. Like I'm yeah, the guy okay. that's just hammering on it, right? Stretching yeah. the shit out of the latex every three <laughs> yeah. time, every three three yeah. trips, you gotta buy a new new read. Oh yeah. And that's the thing,
3: like on a cow or calf read. If you hammer on the sucker like that, you're gonna wear it out really yeah. quick. Yeah. Because yeah, you gotta you gotta remember it's it's like super, super soft latex.
1: Yeah, well, that's so. the thing. It starts out as an elk calling by the end three days later.
3: I used, <laughs> I could use it
2: for turkey calling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the other thing you got to note too for anybody who's just getting into it is um, I use one of these Wapiti River uh, tubes. And what I like about them is the opening on them. It's not too small. I've used some in the in the past and they're really small and it's almost like you're trying to squeak a voice through it instead of just being able to rest it up to your mouth nicely. yeah, And like Travis is saying, it, it makes it so much more comfortable just to let the read go. And then you can focus more on your, uh, it's something you learn when you're out there, but you can focus more on your emotion and reading what's going on. And you can really amplify yeah. that emotion versus how loud it is. And the emotion is going to get you more of a reaction than yelling louder than the elk.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing I noticed about, uh, about your tubes, Trav is they got that nice flared end on them, which is good because I think that's yeah. what I need because I always feel like I'm blowing on the tube and it's like, I don't know if like you got kids, you ever see your kid drink out of a water bottle. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, exactly. That's what I feel like <laughs> when I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah you're putting your mouth over the top of
3: the whole thing or yeah like i'm I'm two inches from
1: deep throat in the thing
3: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah so on like on my tube it's got yeah you know yeah. It's, it's nice and nice. flared so i call it and it's silicone so oh, yeah it squeezes oh okay. well,
1: it's not yeah it's, and see yeah the, the one that i've i've used in the past it's uh it's hard rubber yeah
3: yeah yeah or hard plastic so, sorry yeah so i just call it like creature comfort right mm-hmm. um but the real reason behind that flare, honestly, is uh, once you progress your calling, you get into doing those those bugles that are like the lip ball bugles and stuff like that. And for me, like a lip ball bugles, where you, you curl your lips in and you're kind of like sputtering your lips into the tube at the oh, same time. Okay, yeah. You see, so, I've
1: tried that a hundred times, and I can yeah. never do it. That I just, it just doesn't work. But I, yeah, when you when you're just explaining it there with that flared end. It might make it easier for me. Yeah. So here's kind of what it sounds like with a read.
3: So you can see how my lips are just kind of yeah. stuttering. Yeah. 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 You just, yeah. I so get it. That- that's the basis to the lip ball stuff. I mean, so, that's obviously pretty advanced stuff. But
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, even to know like that, that goes back to cadence. And like, I myself personally, I wouldn't know when to throw a lip ball out there, when to bugle. Like, yeah, I know. I would like so I'll, I'll I could throw a locator call out there. So if I'm going to an area that I, I'm not sure if there's elk, I'll throw it a locator call and I'll wait for a while, move around, and I'll throw it a couple of cow calls. Yeah, uh, and then just you know, hopefully something barks back at me. And if it does. I'm not sitting there trying to get it to me because I, I'm just not a good caller. I'm yeah on my way rushing to get towards it. And then, you know, I do multiple things. I, I may throw, like I said, throw a uh, a shitty uh, bugle out or, or a cow call. Just I find yeah. it myself, if the, if I'm cow calling, they're not moving as quick as... I mean, it, it all depends on the time of year, but if I'm just doing a cow call, they're not moving towards me as quick because I've been busting the past where I've been moving towards a bull, throw a bugle out, and I keep moving and I look turn around a corner, pull my head up and there's a an elk standing right there. Yeah. So I, feel, yeah, yeah. I feel like if I'm just cow calling, they're not running as hard to get to me. Maybe he's with some cows and he doesn't want to leave them. And sometimes too, I've had it, I've had them too, when they've just been, you know, calling, but not moving. Right. And yeah. you know, the, uh, they got cows with them. And, and so, you know, I'll keep cow calling as I'm walking towards them. I'm not too worried about making, yeah. you know, being too quiet, but I'm just cow calling as I'm walking kind of yeah. hide my, hide my sound. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, um, but I, again, you know, I've been, I've had that happen multiple times and I've, I've been busted just, yeah. you know, um, got too yeah. close. Yeah. With, with that in mind, um,
3: instead of going in and cow calling on them, keep in mind, you've called from further back already. Right. So just, just literally take your bugle tube and like swish the grass or like drag it behind beside you as you're walking in on the game oh, yeah. trail. Right. And don't, don't be scared. Like a lot of times I'll, I'll take my tube and I, I don't smack a branch. You don't want that hollow sound hitting the branch. Yeah. But what, what I'll do is I'll take the branch and I'll actually hit it at this, the top of my tube here. And then oh, I'll yeah. actually like roll it up. Oh, my tube. so it sounds and, like, like antlers
1: rubbing on it. Yeah. yeah and kind of yeah. like,
3: kind of, and kind of, if they're the real dry dead branches, I'm yeah. trying to snap it off at the very oh, yeah. end. Yeah. You know Makes what I mean? Sense. Yeah. Yeah. So number one, they've heard you make sounds back behind your ways. Now they hear those type sounds, you're just literally, they know you're an elk coming through because they break branches and stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah. So it saves you having to throw out that cow every once in a while, especially, you know, you start moving in on some elk, you get nervous, you're shaking, things are starting to happen. Holy crap, this is going to happen. Maybe that's a three by three bull with them. Maybe it's a seven by seven. Mm -hmm. You don't know, right? So but yeah, it you know, happens
1: quick when it does happen. Yeah, which, when exactly. shit starts working out and whether you mean for it to work out or not, <laughs> when it starts to, it, it happens quick. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. And that's the fun part of elk hunt. I mean, yeah, yeah. Nine times out of 10, they bugle at you and then they go the other way or something doesn't work out or they smell you or something happens. And then there's that one time where magic just unfolds. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, or you
1: call another hunter in which I had happen, um, this year. Um, well, last yep. year, like last fall I had, yeah. uh, I had a couple hunters and it's funny cause I wasn't calling. I, I did a couple cow, like locator calls and I did a cow call and then they were bugling. Yeah. And so I started doing the same thing. I started going towards them and then they wouldn't move. So then I kind of walked up a little bit and I started raking brush thinking, you know, I wanted, I was thinking that that was another bull over there and he had some cows with him. Oh yeah. And I was thinking maybe if I start raking brush. He's gonna think that there's just above. There's another bull, and he's gonna get. You know, he's gonna come over and say, "Hey, get the f away from me and my girls yeah. here." Uh. And so I sat there and I was raking brush and I I was hiding behind this bush and sure enough, two other hunters popped out. <laughs> oh like, man. Yeah. Wow. Well, that happens.
3: And yeah, I mean, we had a we had a yeah. good laugh. I I put up my hat. <laughs> and I
1: waited. I didn't want to get shot at. Right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, bud. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. we had a good laugh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: That oh, that happens season. to me. You know, no, I bet. Yeah. yeah. Every year it happens. You know, yeah. and then and then I hear, I'll see it on Facebook or something or Instagram. Be like, I called Travin You know, they won't, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was
1: wapiti. Yeah, it's like yeah. yeah. That's better it than happens. calling a bull. Uh, that's better than calling an elk. if you can call yeah. That guy. yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, and it happened a couple of years ago. Same thing. We were moving in on a bull, and then another bull kind of came in from the backside. And it, it sounded pretty familiar. Like I know the sound of my reeds pretty good. And I'm like, I said to one of my hunting partner partners, I said, uh, he's using a rum shaker bugle tube for sure. And I think he's using a kryptonite reed. And sure enough, <laughs> once the hunt was over, we heard, you know, there was kind of a road on the backside. So we heard me and me and my buddy Dylan and Jason, and then we're kind of, we're standing on the truck having pizza after the morning hunt. And, uh, this truck comes ambling down the road here, just clunk, 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 clunk. And they pull up right beside me. The guy shows me his bugle tube. It's a rump shaker tube. And then he holds up, then he holds up the kryptonite read. He's like, yeah, "Yeah, I called you in with this. (laughs) So it was pretty funny. So hopefully that guy's
1: listening. He'll get a laugh out of that. Yeah, no doubt. It's funny. I mean, obviously I, I would never be able to tell who's, what call somebody's using, but I, what I think I can do is I can definitely tell when somebody's using one of those hoochie mamas. Yeah, I can tell instantly when I'm like that is just some guy over the over the hill there, and he's just wailing on that hoochie mama because you can tell because it's oh, yeah. like that squeaky rubber ball type of <laughs> type of sound they have too.
2: Yeah, even with, absolutely. Even with the bugle tubes themselves, I remember when I first started, which wasn't a whole long time ago. Um, there was like the power bugle, there was the royal bugle, and now that I've gone on to the reeds and stuff you can pick those out now, like yeah. in a heartbeat. There's still lots of people who run them. Yeah, They have a certain sound to them and they can be a mile away and it has nothing to do with the quality of the call. You oh, know, yeah. Like It can be like, that was really nicely done, but I know that pitch at the end. And I was like, that's a power bugle, hands down. So that's a person yeah. not going there or the Royal yeah. Bugle. You can do it perfectly, but it's just the sound that it makes. It's just mm-hmm. a little bit different where yeah. I find you hear somebody with a reed and they have a little bit of emotion or something into it. Sometimes it gets a little harder to tell because there's that emotion. Where I find it, it was harder yep. in the past to do that with some of the other. Um, I guess the read in the bugle mounted inside the bugle tubes themselves. Yeah, that could right. have just been me too, though. I don't know.
3: <clears throat> yeah, because um, I haven't tried one of those external ones for an awful long long time. Um, and it, like when you're talking the emotion, you're just kind of, you're adding your, your motion and your body into it and you're, you're, and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're moaning and groaning. So if you had a, a read. I mean, that's that's kind of
2: throwing all your emotion into it and, and putting your passion into it, right. Is mm-hmm. getting into it. So. Yeah. And you, and if you watch a bull, especially if they don't know you and he's working some ladies and stuff like that, yeah, you get to experience that. You get to be like, Oh, this, this isn't on YouTube. Oh yeah. And, and you're just like, he's, he's talking to them. Like he's just like yep. we would like, whether you're getting a little frustrated, whether you're <laughs> in happy town, whatever it is, you can yeah. start to hear it. You may not understand it, but you're like, yeah. Oh, I can do something like that. And you, you know, exactly. You, but it's kind of one of those things that, yeah, we can tell you about it, but you're probably not going to fully understand it until you see yeah. it, which you will over yeah. time. Eventually That's you right. will hear it. You will run into it.
1: Yeah. yeah. It just comes down to spend enough time. And if you spend enough time next to elk in in elk woods, you're going to hear sounds. And like, I've heard sounds and I like to this day, I have, I mean, I kind of have an idea of just what those sounds were just because how the, the elk were reacting after that call was made. Uh, you know, yeah. even from the cows, like what, what calls they're making when they want everyone to group up and, and, you know, get together. And like, if it's time to go, then there's calls that they make, but Oh yeah. Um, yeah. It just comes down to spending time with elk and, and getting in the elk woods.
3: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that just comes with, with, you know, time spent out there hours and hours and hours. And mm-hmm. that's a great thing about the hunting seasons. They keep on going. So you have yeah. another chance next year and then the year after. And Yeah. And honestly, like since I was a little kid learning stuff, I, I've honestly probably not all of it, but I've forgotten a lot of stuff that I learned mistake wise back in the day mm-hmm. and you learn those mistakes every year over and over again yeah, right because yeah. you, you never can remember everything I mean you you got so much going on what calls do you use are you ready in your setup you know have to clean the dirt around your feet are you got an arrow knocked did you yeah. range find all the stuff around like there's a lot of stuff oh, going yeah. on yeah so. <laughs> and, and like we said
1: it happens quick so you have to you have to manage all those processes in a very short time so if you know it it's like you said luckily there's a next a season next year because i guarantee (laughs) you the first time you have an encounter with an elk say you're archery hunting you know you might you might get lucky but most likely you're going to forget one of those simple steps and it's going to cost you that elk yeah and then next time you're not going to do you're not going to forget that step but it might be something else that you forget or you don't do and then you're going to run through it and then hey man like (laughs) <laughs> not so much with elk, but with deer, other animals that I've hunted. I still do shit that I knew better not to do. And I still oh, yeah. do it. And it still costs <laughs> me. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. And then you're then you're a guy
3: like me where you take a lot of buddies out and you do the <laughs> calling for them. And you set them up wrong or, or something happens. And then now you blame yourself for both those. You're like, shit, I ruined it for him and I
1: wrecked it for me. And <laughs> yeah, that yeah, just that, didn't it, work
3: out. That would be, <laughs> but, that
1: would be hard. I, I, I know what you mean That I mean, not with the calling, but I have a lot of, I've got a lot of friends that are like, Hey, we got to go hunt we got to, let's go out with take, let's take it out. Yeah. And, Something doesn't work out, or you, or you get skunked for that trip, and they're like, "What the fuck, man!" Like, yeah. and then you go, yeah. and then you go out by yourself yeah. the weekend after. Oh you, yeah, you get something, yeah. and they're like, "What the? Like, yeah, hey, man, yeah. son, buddy. You got yeah. to put the time, and you can't just come out. <laughs> no, come out one weekend and expect you know all the stars to align. That's not the way it no. works. You got to put a little more time and effort into it than that. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but it seems like you go you go through the whole season, the whole.
3: Even the whole archery season, if you just break it down from August 25th to September 16th, if you break that down, there's literally like one magic time where you go out and the bulls are just screaming everywhere. I mean, yeah, some mornings you can go out and you get one or two bulls going, but that magic morning where you got three, four, five, six different bulls that are just going ballistic. I mean, that's that's what
2: I call the golden, the golden time, so yeah it's mean, usually it, that's usually september 9th here in bc which is the last okay. day of our archery season yeah. we only get the first to the ninth and oh, okay. i find in the kootenays here the ninth is the magic day that's and it's it? just like if i just have one more day <laughs> if things yeah. don't work out on the ninth and like it just yeah one more
3: <laughs> well yeah. that's pretty close with me because my date is always september 11th right around okay. and it, i mean you're so close to the ninth and eleventh and it happens. And it's like, yeah. wow, what's going on here? Like they're just going ballistic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's something, something in the air that time of year. I mean, like I said, <laughs> yeah. I, I, there's, there's many theories I know of, you know, and I, I don't know what your thoughts are on moon phases, Trav, but like for myself, I, I've never had any luck. I try not to follow the moon phases yeah. just because I haven't had any luck with them. And like, I look at it as they have two suns. So it seems to me if, yeah. there's a, if it's, you know, if it's clear, especially if it's clear, and there's a lot of moonlight They're They're moving around lots during the night. And oh, yeah. just, they just seem to be bedded down more during the day. And they're a lot harder to get, you know, to, get yeah. to do what you want them to do.
3: Yeah. And honestly, I'm the type of guy where, well, a lot of your mornings, if, you, if you're just getting away from work for a morning hunt or whatever, you're going to go for the morning anyways and, and come back. But if you can be out there all day, you know, hunt from sun up till sundown you're going to see a lot more action than Mm. the guy that, you know, goes back to camp or whatever.
2: And that's just hours. Your odds are way higher. Right. So, and to be honest, for me, if I've got an area that I know, like that I have been scouting or maybe I've been hunting there for a few years and I kind of know the area, my favorite time is probably 10 till two for action. And the reason there I find is in the mornings in some of my other areas that I have I find their transition areas I have one shot to get them and that's if they come to the right spot at the right time yeah. to come through this area but they're they're going from point A to point B their bedding area or yeah. whatever it is in midday and I find that if if I can find that bedding area in that you know so wherever that herd in particular is going to yeah. I have more time and more opportunity in that day to go after them because they don't want to go anywhere. They, they, that's their, that's their sweet spot. That's where they want to be at where morning and evening, you definitely have opportunities, but they're generally in those transition areas. I find where it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we got to go over. This is where we got to be by nighttime, or this is where where we're heading to our midday bedding area. Yeah. You can have four or five hours where they don't want to move and you have Mm -hmm. lots of opportunity to get a shot at or not a shot, but a, a play on them. Yeah. Yeah. And
3: you got to think too, you got to, you think the way the elk is, well, they were just feeding out there all night long. So that's like you working a whole, a whole day shift and then getting home at like 10 or 11 at night, man, you just want to go lay down for, give me like three or four hours for sure. So same thing with the elk, you know, they fed all night. Now it might've taken them till nine thirty or 10 o'clock to get to their bedding area that's a long time. So they're getting pretty pooped out. You know, they just want to go, they still have to bed down, you know, they're going to chew their cud and they're going to just basically veg out for a little bit before they fall asleep. And then they really only get, if you think about it, if they're back to their bedding area by 10, they're usually up around five already. So that's not a whole lot of time for such a big animal like that. You know, you'd think they would need, quite a bit more rest than than even what we do you know but if we get six seven hours we're probably pretty happy and you know you think the size of an elk you know their big bull is 600 700 pounds so
1: mm-hmm.
3: you think they would want a minimum of something like seven eight hours
1: yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> especially yeah, during the breeding least. you know but yeah yeah they got a lot going on for sure and, and it, I yeah think, I kind of feel you know with all animals we'll all you know maybe not so much with predators but it's kind of risk versus reward type of thing, right? They gotta yeah, it's gotta be the best bang for their buck. They're not gonna waste energy doing things that they don't have to do because they, you oh yeah, never know what's gonna. That's be why
3: th- that's right. That's why they're when they get into their little bedding area, you know that yeah. bull's gonna get up every couple hours and he's gonna walk around his herd and he's gonna scent check all those cows. Mm-hmm. And if nothing's going on, he's gonna probably lay right back, right, right where he was, right? So, yeah, yeah, but. You know, every bull, they got their own little attitude. So maybe one bull is going to get up and go get a drink of water or, you know, maybe he'll send check the cows and then do a yeah. little tour around, do some bugling off a ridge to try to bring some more cows to him or, you know, cause you do hear them bugling in the midday. So yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've heard that too. And I've like, I've kind of just always assumed that's him rounding them up and saying, Hey, get over here. If so something wants to walk away or wander away or, or maybe yeah. there's another satellite bull lurking around that he's just like, Hey, I'm just, just so you know, I'm standing right here and don't think I don't see you. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. He'll cause the, uh, he'll be fending off those,
3: those other little bulls for sure all the time yeah. and they know where the girls are <laughs> they want in on them. Yeah. So yeah,
1: for sure. They're just looking to get a straggler, maybe catch yeah. one sneaking off, but,
3: but even yeah. those young bulls, they, they go by their smell. So they know, they know when a, when a cow starts coming into asterisk, they can smell it from yeah. a distance off. Right. So and then that's when you'll hear a lot of the bugling. So mm-hmm. when a cow is coming in, destro, she starts dripping. She's coming in. That's when all the bulls start fighting for the packing order. For they're trying right. to, they're trying to get her to, her to come over to, hit, to that mm-hmm. bull, right? So right, right. That's where it gets pretty exciting.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's funny. Like I didn't realize how. Like the, the, for each cow, they don't go all kicking into estrus at the same time. And it, they don't stay in estrus for that long, which I was pretty surprised because like, I remember, you know, hunting with like, um, you know, like, like, well, with my dad and, and my uncles and stuff, like they were moose hunters. So they talked yeah. about the rut or the rut for the moose. And it was like, oh, the rut lasts like two weeks and all the cows are in heat for two weeks. And it's just like this big, one mm. big orgy type of thing. Right. And then, yeah, you know, you start you know getting away from them and learning some other stuff and you're like well actually uh yeah that's not exactly how it works no exactly yeah that that cow's only in
3: for a certain number of hours i think it's like 18 hours or something like that and then she's done for 21 20 21 days and then she'll come back in again yeah and if she doesn't get bred then be another 21 days and then you know so if
1: she if she gets bred the first time like if she's pregnant gone into utero yeah. is does she still go into heat again? no no or she's no she's good to go she just stays no. yeah okay yeah
3: yeah gotcha. her, her body takes over and it knows yeah. that she's impregnated and right. she goes and just does her normal thing gotcha yeah 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 yeah, yeah that's, absolutely uh,
1: yeah that, that's uh that's what i figured but yeah it's funny eh? yeah like how just you know how things uh as you get out. And that's just one thing like we, like we talked about is just getting out in the elk woods and just being around elk. And you just see like yep. all these different things and you learn different calls and, and, you know, I mean like, like I still got tons to learn. I don't, I don't know, um, you know, what calls like the cadence. I I think I struggle with the cadence, you know, um, not so much when to call just like how long to call for, you know what yeah, I mean? Like I, I, yeah. I never know if I'm like, man, am I over calling? So then you like, you ch- I try to always if I can get if I get a if I say if I'm I'm bugling, I have another bull bugling. I'll try to just like mimic his timing, for yeah. how long you know how long he's doing it, how often he's doing it, what kind of what's going on, kind of just like read the woods, you know. Yeah, is there, is there a lot of noise going on, stuff like that? So
3: yeah, that's right. Yeah, kind of fashion your calling to what you're seeing actually going on out there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The other the other thing is. You know, don't be scared to watch lots of YouTube and, you know, there's so much out there, you know, Corey, uh, put stuff out, Jason, uh, born and raised guys, you know, everybody's putting videos up. I'm a sponge, like soak up all that stuff that you possibly can, you know, like, uh, join all those, you know, the university of on online elk hunting, you know, elk 101 stuff. There's the elk bros as well. A lot of people haven't heard of the elk bros.
1: No, I don't think um, uh, a lot of Canadians have heard of them. Like, like I, yeah, I, I know them and yeah, they're uh, a great,
3: great, group of guys. And, yeah. uh, I'll actually be joining their, their coaching oh, side right of on. things with the elk bros as well. So oh, that sounds exciting. Yeah. You're going to see a lot more, uh, cool content coming. There's a lot of stuff coming forward. It's going to be pretty neat. So, yeah, um, awesome. yeah. So those guys that haven't checked them out, you know, check out the elk bros, elkbros.com. Mm-hmm. and it's basically an online uh teaching so they're gu- their guides at heart and then they just want to bring a different aspect into it they want to you know how the old ad- adage is if you know you take a kid fishing you know he catches a fish he's good for the day but if you teach him how to fish he catches fish every day for the rest of his yeah. life right yeah. so yeah. It's the same thing, you know, teach guys how to call and what to say and how to do the scenarios and stuff. And then those guys have that in their back pocket the rest of their life kind of thing. So that's, yeah, that's, that's kind awesome. of the different thing that they're kind of teaching. So, which yeah. is pretty neat. And they're literally hands on, they're out there guiding their guys at the same time, but yet they're coaching all this stuff at the same time. That's pretty so cool. Yeah. It's going to be pretty neat. So.
1: Yeah, well, we'll uh, we'll look forward to that, and we'll throw the uh, elk bro stuff, guys. We'll throw all that stuff in the show notes, along with all your stuff, obviously. But uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, it's yeah. definitely it. It's funny how, like, I remember when I was growing up, and like, uh, there'd be one guy that moose called. Like, I'm just gonna refer to moose because yeah. we did not elk hunt. We lived up in northern BC, and obviously it was like moose, right? Everything was moose. So like, there'd be one guy that called moose. And that was it. Like every year it was the same guy. You know, I could do it. I'm not going to teach you how to do it because that's what I want (laughs) to do. And if I'm doing that, then I don't have to do the other stuff. Right. So yeah, exactly. It's funny how it's evolved to where, you know, now, like with elk hunting and with calling, you know, it's a lot more, again, it's a lot more accessible and there's a lot more guys willing to teach younger guys, guys who don't know what they're doing because it like, yeah, Elk, elk hunting is t- intimidating, even if you're with somebody, an experienced guy, an experienced woodsman. You're out because when, like, yeah, when you're five feet away from a, a bull and he's looking at you dead in the eyes. Oh man. yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
3: you know, is like, you know I mean?
2: just dripping. And- <laughs> yeah, it's well, especially He's letting like, out a huge screaming bugle too. Oh yeah,
3: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of I'm the same way. Like I I grew up on moose That's mm-hmm. that's just what we what we grew up on. They actually weren't. So I'm from Grand Prairie and the elk weren't actually transplanted up here till I believe it was like 1984 or something like that. And then they just kind of just took off and did their thing. And, you know, they're reproducing like crazy. So, but up until, you know, even into the nineties, we, that's all I lived on was moose meat. You know, that's all dad knew how to hunt. That's all. That's all we would ever get. Right. So yeah, yeah, it was it got to the point, honestly, where I was, I was sick of moose meat and I'm like, I didn't want to even eat no more at all. It's like, nah. So once I went out on my own, it was like, hmm, I'm buying a moose tag this year. No, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. So everything yeah. kind of, everything kind of moved into, you know, whitetail hunting and then elk right. after
1: that. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. yeah I, I, in the same way, like I, um, we grew up on the coast, so it was just like fish, and moose meat right so yeah. that's why it's like you know uh I didn't really start out hunting elk until I moved down moved down this way and you know even when I moved here uh you know I started a business so I didn't get yeah I did I didn't get to hunt as much as I would have liked to at the very beginning you no know, there's five years of my life when you know I was just started a new family had yeah. a new business so you know what that's like I mean it takes a lot of time oh, yeah. and and uh you yeah only got so much time in a day and and priorities have to take uh precedent oh
3: family definitely takes over everything and if you yeah. you know if you get a little bit of time to get out in the bush that's a bonus but <laughs>
1: yeah yeah no and I and it's one thing now that I you know as the kids get older and you know as things ease up with work and and you get good guys and give them a little bit of responsibility you find you have a little more free time but yeah, yeah like growing up there it was always so I, I don't get too excited over moose but like I remember like you know, then I moved down here and then like we had blacktail, So like we hunted a lot of blacktail oh. tail and the Charlottes did all that yeah. stuff too. But like blacktails are small. And so, you know, it's just kind of like, yeah, just like camp food type of thing. Right. Yeah. Like same yeah. as the grouse. Right. So, yeah. But then I moved down yeah. here. Yeah. And then I got into elk hunting. And I had a cousin here. He was into, uh, he had already been into elk hunting and he, he hooked up with a couple of guys from the Cootneys and, you know, they kind of, they kind of threw, uh, you know, showed him the ropes and then, I know yeah, I, I got to go with him, and that's when I, I got my first elk. Is when he called it in, but yeah, man, there's something you know, there's oh, okay. About an, uh, an elk coming at you for your first time. I remember that first time we we're going there, and, and I heard that thing screaming, and I was like, Oh my god, what is that? Like, yeah, what is that? That is awesome. What is that? Let's go, let's go. And he's like, Yeah, just chill, dude, chill. You're not gonna run around here, just chill out. I'm like, Make it do it again, do it again, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, the
3: first couple of times you hear it, it's pretty eerie. It's mm-hmm. like, do we really want to chase that? Or is yeah. that a T-Rex or what is that thing?
1: <laughs> yeah, man. And like, they get, they get mean. I remember that one, that first one I shot, it was down there, just down over the ridge. And it was just raking brush and smacking yeah. his head and like doing just spitting and snarling and pissing oh, everywhere. Yeah. And I was like, and then he started chuckling and he started walking away and then he did a cow call. Yeah. Yeah, he did some other stuff. I don't even remember exactly what he did, but <laughs> he did it. And that thing moved around
2: and was it. I was that got a seven. Oh yeah. Year, but
1: yeah,
2: was <laughs> exactly. Experience. Yeah. I've had a few people ask me how you get addicted to elk hunting and it's one experience, just like what you just said. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, you don't get it until they're 20 feet away from you raging and you yeah. will never have your heart come out of your chest. Like you will, when that's happening because it's oh, yeah. the coolest experience ever. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You're
3: absolutely right. I was, uh, I was the same. It wasn't just that one, one bowl that came in, just screaming like that. I hit, I don't know how I did it, but it was in the middle of bow season and I was out there just by myself, solo hunting. And I came into like that golden little pocket where there was like four or five different bowls, just going ballistic. And I was like, wow. And I'm literally right in the middle of them all. And you know, still at that point I was like, what am I doing? I don't have a clue. So I actually hunkered down behind this great big willow and, uh, I actually, I don't even know what I was saying to him, but somehow I fluked out and I called in the herd bull and he was on the other side of this willow. And I mean, it's a giant willow, probably like 10 or 12 feet around. And he's literally got his head stuck in the willow on the other side. And I can just hear him breathing and huffing and puffing. And I'm like, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm set up on my knees. I honestly don't even know if I had an arrow knock to be, to be honest with it because it all happened so fast and all, all I can remember to this day I never did shoot him obviously. I just remember his head being inside that willow and I could feel his the hot breath coming through the willow, yeah. right? Yeah. And I couldn't oh. even see him. It was so thick, I couldn't see him. And then he literally just turned and went away the other way and all the other bowls and everything went with him, right? They're just bugling on the sides of him and stuff and that's what got me going. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. It it's it's something else. Like that's one thing, you know, I tell all people who say man, I want to get into, get into elk hunting. What do I got to do? I'm like, just yeah. what you need to do is you need to get out there and you just need to get out and just experience elk, elk hunting in general. I mean, and, you know, there's a lot of other stuff that goes into it too. You, you know, you, it, it's a lot of physical work and, it, you know, there's, yeah. there's a lot going on you, and just don't get discouraged either. Like you got to, you got to just stick with it. Cause I mean, like there was, there was a lot of days when I, you know, had close calls where I blew it, you know, again, it's one you know, you, I missed one step in a process and, you know, then it's back to, it's like, it, you know, it's like a video game. You get to the final level and then you die right before you. Finish, yeah. Right. And then you got to start all the way over it again. You're yeah. Like, I got to get more quarters and now I got to start over again. Tomorrow's a whole new, but the nice thing, like you said, tomorrow's a whole new day. Right? Yeah.
3: Yeah. No, that's exactly it. And, and you know, I, that's one lesson I learned every year. Cause I hunt with so many different, different people now. Right. I see them like most guys walk so fast. They walk twice as fast as what I walk, and I mm-hmm. think I'm just attuned to the bush, being a, everything that's going on around me. Like a lot of times, for instance, if you go out for a morning hunt, you get in on a bull. You either you call them in or you don't call them in, but some for some reason it dissipates. You're walking back to the truck or whatever. A lot of the guys I'm with, they're I'm a slow walker, so they'll be, you know, they'll be 50, 60, 100 yards ahead sometimes, and I'll be with someone else just lollygagging my way back. But I find the more patience and the slower you move, especially when you're walking back to the truck, that's where you'll see elk that are in the bush, like literally right beside you. Mm-hmm. And they're literally just following you as, as you're walking out, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know how many times I've actually got into another bugling uh confrontation with another bull and his cows when I'm actually on the way back to the truck. Oh, you know is that right, yeah. So most of the guys I'm that I hunt with now, they know I move slow and I want to go slow because you gotta think you've you've worked your whole way in calling, yeah. cow calling, calf yeah. calling. You've probably covered three or four or five clicks in some days uh-huh. you've got to the end where you wanted to ultimately be or where the elk took you to. Yeah. But then you have to work back those four or five clicks yeah. back, right? Yeah. But well, you got to remember, you've been calling that whole time. So any elk that were out around in that area that didn't just scream and come into you at that point, uh-huh. they've now had an hour or two or three hours to phase into that area. So right. now there's actually more elk in that area, just because they're a herd type animal. They want to come and check that sound out. So oh, yeah, I'm, I'm always playing in my mind, okay, my odds are better on the way back to the truck mm-hmm. or back to camp. Then they were going out.
1: Yeah, so, it's fu- it's funny it's you say that because I had an instance once where I was sat in a spot. I kind of made like a little makeshift blind. I had good vantage both sides, and I knew there was elk in that area. I sat there one morning and I was calling, 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 calling. Nothing answered me. Nothing. So I'm like, screw this. After I don't know, like three, four hours, I got up and I walked away. And then I started to walk in maybe half an hour, 45 minutes. And I was like, oh shit. I I left my <laughs> I uh, yeah, I left my release. So I had to walk back, get over the knoll, come around the tree, and there's an elk standing right there, bull elk. Oh yeah. And I was like, oh, and even if I wanted to do anything, I couldn't unless I three fingered it because I yeah. didn't have a release. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh. Yeah. But he looked yeah. at me and he was like, he was gone. And I was like, oh fuck. Dude, dude, you're not an elk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, what are you doing here? You were you coming yeah. to those calls too? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: So that's kind of one thing. And and you know, you still have those friends that are they just want to go, 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 because they think all oh, the excitement's over, or especially yeah. those mornings where you did call an elk in and something happened or whatever. Now those guys are on like extra, yeah. they're amped up already that much more. Right. Yeah, so
1: yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah and, and again, and you know, that comes down to uh, just experience. And it's funny you say about walking slow. Cause like, I am definitely a guilty person of walking too fast, you know? Yeah. And I know it, I know it from mule deer hunting. Like I've, I've gone to areas where I've glassed up good, good mule deer and I knew they're down in, you know, they're down in that valley. And I've, I've, I know I've walked right past them because I've checked yeah. that area. And they're just standing there, probably looking at me and being like, dude, you're walking <laughs> yeah. way too fast. You got to slow down. If you slow down, you would have got me,
2: but not. Yeah. Too late. I you think know. one of the best tips I ever got, uh, uh old hunting partner, I me mean, probably took my whitetail game to a whole new level. Uh, Dave Meadows there, and it all has to do with the walking. And he's like, picture yourself like an animal. And it doesn't matter if it's moose, doesn't matter if it's whitetail, elk. They all move a certain way. And when you're out in the bush and you watch them, what do they do? They take three, four steps. They look around, they grab a little bite to eat, look around again, grab a bite to eat. And they take another three, four steps. It's not like they're booking it. If they're booking yeah. it, something spooked them. So if you move like that, especially if you're calling your way into a, an animal, like if you do have one on, um, move like them, like, yeah, you want to rush in there, but you know, walk up a few steps, take a look, stop, look around. I've found so many rubs or so much uh, just little signs that I'm sure I would have missed or walked by just because I didn't stop for that half a second. Oh, yeah. you watch them and pay attention. They stop all the time. And if you're moving, 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 or if you're not making a sound, you know, it's like you said before, if you, if you're moving and you stop and you break a branch, it's not a big deal because they do it too. Yeah. Pay attention. But, try to stop periodically because it it seems like you're moving slower and you are, but you're being more efficient in the ground that you've covered versus just ripping. Yeah. Through.
3: Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. And that's kind of one of the things like when I'm hunting out in the morning, you know, you're not just going out and you're not just throwing out a location bugle or something like that. It's pretty much like we pretty much set up and do like a, at least a half an hour, 45 minute like calling scenario, whether it be, you know, just cow and calf, cow and calf, you know, call for a minute or two and then go silent for 10, 15 minutes and then do it all over again. Uh, We do a lot of setups like that. You know, honestly, we'll probably spend an hour in that spot. And just because we're, you got to give those animals time to come into that location. Not, they're never just going to come running straight in and they're going to be there in 10 seconds. So we're kind of kind of strategy that way where you're just, unless you're just going out, you know, walking the ridges and bugling down and in, in the canyons and stuff like that. But for the most part, we're, we're pretty much setting up, doing a calling sequence of something. And then uh, if nothing happens after an hour or so, and you don't feel, you know, sometimes you, your spidey senses are up and you feel like something's going to happen. And then other times you're like, after half an hour or 40 minutes, you're like, uh, nothing's happening here let's move on, you know? So, mm-hmm. but even at that point, we'll only move two or 300 yards and then we'll set up and do it all over again. So that's kind of how, especially when I'm solo hunting, that's how I kind of do my morning hunt as I'm going along. And then wherever I end up to, cause I'm famous for those dang, you know, I don't know if it's from my fly fishing career. Cause I've always, was one of those guys where you'd get to the, you'd be fishing a pool and there'd be a corner down there. I'd be like, Oh, wonder if there's an awesome run or a pool or something down at that corner. So I'd always down to the next corner and then you'd look off the side. Oh shit. There's a really, there's a nice run down there. I'm going to go check that out. And my outcome thing's the same way. Like it's, Ooh, it's like, where does this game trail go? And then this game trail goes to a wallow and then there'll be three other trails going off it. it's like, where does that trail go? Like, why are they going up there? So I'm a sucker for, you know, get on those other game trails and let's see where they go. And, that's kind of how, if you're not getting into bugling bulls or anything right away, I just follow those game trails and just that's your hunt. You just keep it going and keep it going. And right there's honestly, there's days where I don't even know where I ended up. And it's like, yeah. where's the truck? I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's all part of it. It's, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't like having a time clock when I'm out there. So, you know, wherever that trail leads you, it's going somewhere you're going to find something cool at the end of it you know mm-hmm. and maybe it's my irish i'm going to find a, a lucky pot yeah. of gold at the end yeah. of the trail or something right yeah. But, uh, but
1: yeah it's well, funny you say that my wife always says that too when are you gonna be back well i'll tell you what if i'm not back by tomorrow morning then you have to worry but yeah exactly me, you know? i don't know yeah I'll, I'll, i never know where the woods are going to take me no that's how it is yeah yeah no, yeah no. hey do you find it uh do you find your calling? changes at all if you're hunting solo or if you're hunting with a group of guys or do you keep it you know pretty similar do do you like utilize other guys where you're getting them to do cow calls or maybe multiple cows calling or you know multiple bulls
3: yeah that's a great question actually um just thinking real quick off the top of my head my first answer that came in was when I'm solo hunting by myself I'll actually slow down even more and those setups instead of being you know 40 minutes to an hour I'll literally spend an hour and a half right. because I'm not there's not someone else there watching me. I'm not on the time clock. I'm doing my own thing mm-hmm. how I want to do it. Yeah. Um when you have someone with you, you're kind of on un- I don't want to say you're under the gun. But, but it you feels are like under- I I know exactly what you're yeah. talking about. When you're like yeah. that's
1: why I, you know, I love hunting with other guys. Yeah. I always just feel like you're just under the gun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, I know I know you're not, but it's just a funny feeling yeah. where you're like. Yeah, or or you have to explain something that you're going to do, which I don't like doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. I think we should go here because there. And if you're by yourself, you just get up and do it or you don't do it. Yeah. Right? yeah, I know exactly what you're, fun- you're
3: saying. Yeah, it just goes to, like, you know your own strategies and how you like to do stuff. And those guys that aren't hunting with you all the time, they don't know those, right? Mm-hmm. They're, and most, most guys, let's face it, they don't do strategies or they don't have any tactics or they're just out there going, 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 going because yeah. they've seen it on. <laughs> I hate to say it, but they've seen it on YouTube so many times where these guys are putting on 10 miles a day and I, I don't know what it's like there in BC, but here in Alberta, if you get on one, maybe two bowls in the morning, that's one hell of a morning, like yeah. a hell of a morning, you know, we just can't, we can't burn land. We can't be going from this ridge to that ridge to that ridge because we don't have them. It's, we're hunting solid bush from as far as you can see, because I hunt just I hunt all public land. Everything is public land, crown land. So, I mean, by the time you've got in on that bull, played that bull, it's probably 9.30, 10 o'clock or even later. Well, now for you to move another six, 800 yards over and do it all over, get in on another bull, those bulls and cows, they're already bedded down to where they want to be already. So you're almost at the mercy of, Moving over, you know, always I'm always moving into the wind, obviously, but you're at the mercy, you know. Now you got to sit down and wait for a couple hours till that bull is going to want to stand up and Mm -hmm. actually, you know, send check his cows and hopefully he lets out a bugle, and you can say, okay, awesome, there's another bull over there. But right, yeah, I mean, like we just, if you burn one bull in the morning, your your morning's probably pretty almost done basically here so
1: yeah we're we're the same i mean in DC, yeah. i mean well of my experiences anyway like we're not like the guys down south where you know they're running they're they're chasing th- two or three bulls on one ridge and then two ridges over there there it's a whole new ball game here yeah. you know you don't i don't leave elk to go find elk so if I know there's a bull yeah. in there, um, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stay with them as long as it takes. And if it doesn't work out, then I did something wrong and it goes back to, I missed a step or I fucked something up along the way Yeah, learn yeah. from it.
3: And you're right. Like, look at your guys' elk numbers. I think you guys are sitting at, uh, I believe BC 63,000 elk. I mean, but that's down from the Kootenays all the way up mm-hmm. to the Northern part. So they're spread out big time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, a big place. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And us sitting in Alberta, I think we're sitting around twenty-seven thousand, something oh, yeah. like that. So I mean, it's yeah. half again. Half again. So yeah. you can you can imagine, you know. And like we don't see our bulls will literally have like three to five, maybe six cows with them, and every bull will have three to five cows. Yeah. But you know, you go further south, they'll have twenty or thirty cows with every oh. bull, kind of thing. So. It's it's different everywhere you go, and I mean elk are still elk. They all, they they're all a herd animal. They all call the same. They all do yeah. the same thing. They're just they're programmed to be an elk, right? So yeah, yeah, it's that
1: maternal instinct. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. So I think I prefer I prefer to hunt a, a bull with five or six cows versus thirty or forty. Just oh yeah, because there's <laughs> there's less eyeballs less looking yeah. for. for yeah. You probably have a better chance to getting in. On yeah. it. unless, yeah, unless you're unless- looking
3: for. Yeah, unless you're hunting an antlerless tag or something like that. But yeah. most of us are over the counter bull. You know, here it's three pointer bigger. And uh, so, yeah, your odds are diminished yeah, quite a bit.
1: Here where I am at six. Oh, oh. you're six there? Yeah. Yeah, six yeah. only. And then I know where Pete is, they have a, any bull season for archery. Okay. But we, yeah. Ours is straight six. You got to be six up top, one yeah. side.
3: Yeah. yeah. No, exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah, and you get teased. I, I you know. I, I've told this story before. I passed on. Uh, you know, two days before the season opened in archery, I seen a nice six six by six bull that I'm gonna say was probably 350, 360.
3: Ooh, yeah. Good and bull. I
1: got fifty yards from a six by five, and I passed on them, and I never seen either of them again.
3: Yeah, <laughs> spent the rest <laughs> of your chasing
1: that fucking bull. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. how it
3: goes, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's- That's I do the same thing. And I'm so picky, honestly. And you know, there'll be, I'll go honestly a couple, two, three years where I don't even shoot a bowl. I just take guys out and Mm -hmm. I want to get them on their first bowl or a a bigger bowl than they shot last year or something like that. And like all my buddies will tell you 90% of the time, my bow doesn't even get attached to my backpack. It, it stays in the truck, you know? So Mm -hmm. I grab my bugle tube and my calls and my water <laughs> and yeah. away we go. Yeah. They're looking back at me going, uh, dude, you forgot your bull. Um, yeah, I'm not taking it. Uh, I don't, I don't feel like carrying it today, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's awesome. and in my head, in my head, I'm just like, I want to call you the bull in and yeah, you're the shooter, cool. you know? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, me, pretty, I
1: yeah, it's pretty cool doing that. I, <clears throat> you know, like I said, I I've hunted with friends and stuff before and I've got in on their first, you know, their first deer, their first whatever. And, yeah. Uh, I remember it's funny. I, I just took my son out and he just turned 10. So he got his hunt license and we we're out chasing turkeys and I was <laughs> yeah. nervous. I was nervous. I was like, those turkeys are coming out. I was like, what in the fuck? I don't get this nervous yeah. like ever anymore. I'm like, what no. is going on? And I was like, you know, I was all like, Oh, you got to do this. You got to do that. Like, and I was like, yeah, I got to calm down here. I got to yeah. calm down here.
3: <laughs> Your son looks at it, He's like, dad, take a chill pill. Well, uh, it's funny. And I,
1: I don't know if I told this the last time when Pete and I were talking about it, but um, it's funny. We were leaving after he got his Turkey and he's leaving and he's like, Dad, you know, this turkey hunt is not so hard because <laughs> he got it oh, on the second uh, day, eh? <laughs> uh, that, yeah, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah I
3: yeah. said
2: he better be careful when he gets on oh, his yeah. first elk because good luck. It'll probably be on the first or second day. Be like, I don't know what the big <laughs> deal is. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I told mom this and she doesn't understand why it takes you so long. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah yeah and he'll just
3: come in on a string it'd be picture perfect shoot him at 25 yards and he's down it's like
1: what the hell yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) that doesn't happen (laughs) no no no, for sure so uh trav maybe we can just we'll we'll get back to some of your stuff here so what are some calls (laughs) like if you were gonna put a package together say i need i wanted to do i'm gonna buy i'm not a very good caller i'm you know, maybe I'm just learning. Maybe I know how to make some noise. Maybe, I, you know, maybe like myself, I can make a couple calls. What are like, you know, three of the calls that you would say of yours that, you know, a guy should be looking at? Because again, you know, I'm looking at like yeah. for myself, you know, I'm looking at a frolicker, mayhem, joker, kryptonite. And like for myself, say, so, you know, I can yeah. make a call. I can make any call do so. Like for me, what would be like a good bull call? What would be a good cow call? Because I always like to carry two. And then maybe yeah. for like, maybe you could just do a quick rundown on like for like the new hunter, okay. what would be either one good call for everything if you have that or if you're yeah. going to, you know, you're going to put two or three together, that kind of thing.
3: Yeah. Okay. So right off the bat for you, uh, I'd say definitely the Froliker and then probably the Pink Lady or the Huntress. Wouldn't really matter. Either of those two are really good along right. with the Froliker. Yeah. Um, the Froliker is a little thinner latex than both the Pink Lady and the Huntress. Okay. So it's like one step down in the, yeah. in the thickness. So it'll be that much easier again for you. Right, and then if you if you bump up to like the you'll see there's a orange package with a blue reed. It's called the morning sunrise. Yeah, that's a really good one for like middle of the road. Okay, it's yeah. a long. It'd be on the long the same line as like the black widow. Okay, um, yeah, and that one you can so you'd be able to learn all your bugles on that as well, all your gotcha. cow and calf stuff. Mm-hmm. And then if you start bumping up from there, I would say get into Still stay with the single reed, which, which would be your full draw and your kryptonite. Mm-hmm. Those are single latex, but it's a little thicker latex than what you get in the Black Widow gotcha. um, and the Morning Sunrise. And then from there, uh, that would be, honestly, you could do all your bugling stuff with those ones. Right. If you did want to bump up to, I say like, I have a couple of reeds that have cut in the, la- in the latex themselves. Like, right. I'll show you yeah. this one. I don't know if you'll be able to see it. If yeah, you look I, under the dome, I see it there. Yeah. There's another layer of black. Gotcha. And it's actually, there's a cut notch in there. I call it my ivory cut. Okay. What um, color is
1: that one that you're holding up there, uh, So this
3: here's the chuckler.
1: Chuckler. Okay. I got you. Yeah. yeah. Just looking at your list here. I got it.
3: And honestly, this is the one I used for, <clears throat> I use this one a lot for, Right. it's my go to for everything cow, calf, and all, everything bugling, chuckling. Uh huh. Uh, lip-balling, everything. It's a perfect all-around read. The Chuckler right. and the Patriot. They're both really great reads for everything
2: all around. Oh, okay. Right on. Yep. Yeah, That Patriot's deadly. I love it. I tried it yeah. the first that- time last year. And yeah. that one and my other favorite, just this is me, Um, is the Reaper. I yeah. love bugling with that one. But the Patriot for me is my if I have to pick one read in in my collection that from morning till night that I can utilize for everything, it's the Patriot. Yeah. And you're doing
1: bugles with that cow calls, everything. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, the Patriots, the, it's the white one. Yeah. So you're going to see, um, so everybody has a little bit different calling style. Um, your ultimate goal is to find a read a cow read that fits you just perfect, does everything you want. And then obviously you want to find that perfect all around read. Like all of us manufacturers, we all got 20 or 30 reads in our, in our lineup, but that's the reason we have it. Cause Pete's going to call different than, than me. Um, my buddy Dylan calls different than I do. Um, everybody has a different shape palette. So it's just a matter of testing a bunch of different reads. And honestly at my trade shows and even my seminars, I don't push people to whoppity reads. I'm not that guy I honestly don't care what you use. If it's a Falp Street, if it's a Boogling Bull, if it's a Carlton. Uh, honestly, I tell people, use what fits you. and Because whatever fits you, that's going to gain you more confidence. And if your confidence is sky high, you're going into calling an elk. Your confidence is going to just take you that notch further, right? So yeah. uh, even though I manufacture all the reeds and you know, every read I make through Wapiti, I, I make myself. And, uh, so everyone's hand stretched. Mm-hmm. I still, you know, I, I don't want to be that guy that just says, you know, just use Wapiti reads. That's all you need. Cause yeah, I, I know awesome. that's simply not true. You gotta, you gotta try and you gotta use a little bit of everything. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then once you do find those reads that fit all your calling styles, like your cow sounds, your middle of the road, your bugling read, like Pete said, the Reaper, um, that's all the only reads you have to buy. Like just stick with that cow read, that the middle of the road read, whatever it might be, and fill your pouch with those ones because you know you can do the stuff you want to do on that you want to do on them, right? So
1: yeah, and practice. Have one in your truck, you're driving mm-hmm. to work. People oh, yeah, are gonna look at people are gonna look at you like you're fucking nuts when you're sitting there yeah. parked at the red light and you're just you've got this thing and they're like, What in the f- what is that guy Oh, do? yeah. What the hell? I get so mm-hmm. many funny looks and people are like. What elk season? And, come on, <laughs> yeah, and you're
3: absolutely right because I see the waves starting. They the waves of order start in January and then they kind of just fluctuate yeah. all the way till the end of July and then they skyrocket again because they right. everybody at the end of July they want to buy all their reeds for elk season, right? Yeah. yeah, so up until then, everybody's buying their reeds, practicing, wearing them out in their truck, or they leave them on the dash of their truck in the hot sun and they wear out and dry out. And, but and then there's always that wave right before hunting season, and then all the way through hunting season, of course, because guys are out there just nonstop. But uh, it's funny to watch those waves. Yeah, you no know doubt. exactly. You know exactly what guys. <laughs> you know when season's <laughs> coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, and think, you can tell, you can tell by what reads they're actually ordering and stuff like that. That yeah. Okay, I I know what they're practicing just by what
2: they're ordering and right, stuff. Right. So <laughs> it's pretty cool that way. I think one important thing too that a new if somebody's new to these elk reeds um, there's there's different styles to it it's not just you know we're not I'm not talking about the latex stretches and all that kind of stuff yep. it's the fit in your mouth you've got ones that are flat yeah and you have domed ones and yep. i've i've and then there's ones from different companies they've got like the little aluminum plate or something like that yeah, uh, those just help in the way that it seats in your mouth. So if you can't, if you if you practice and practice and practice, and you just can't get that one style to work, yeah, try, try a domed one. Try one with a, a pallet plate or something like that, and see what works. Mm-hmm. For you. Um, and that's I, what a lot. You're absolutely
3: bang on there because a lot of people, if you get that pallet plate from Rocky, it's that the straight edge piece yeah. that's bent bent out. A lot of people don't know you can actually bend that up or down a little bit more to suit oh. your, your palate. So don't just think you're just buying it off the shelf and that's how you have to use it. Okay. You can bend it down or bend it up and right. bend I it and then t- tweak the tip a little bit and stuff like that.
1: And Yeah, yeah, uh, I, yeah. cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I need the ones. I yeah. find it. I have to have the ones with the dome on it. If I don't, I'll start going. Tuk, tuk. Yeah, turkey calling. If I yep. don't have that, if I don't yep. have that piece in there for some reason, I don't know why. But.
2: <laughs> Saying that yep. too, the hard plastic domes, I could never. I've got a funny shaped mouth. I'm sure. Yeah, um, because I can blow a reed pretty decently, but when I try those hard plastic ones, I can't get them to go. And it was actually Dylan who said, "Wait a minute, I got something for you that you need to try." Yeah, and it's a slightly softer dome uh, material <clears throat> that will yep. manipulate to, your, oh, to okay. your top of your mouth a little more. And I went to that. And I'll never switch again. I'll tell you right now, it's the that, that's powerful. on
1: the that's on the Patriot, the softer. You, you can add. Well, these these were actually a special one that we made for. Oh, them. I see. Oh, because uh, yeah. mo- most
3: of mine are all the 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 hard dome, um, right? And then it's just a few guys that have like a slightly flatter palette or something going on, right. and uh, it just. I I only have one color, and it's just it's just a little bit softer, so it,
2: it oh, okay. squishes
3: down a little bit. And that's so,
2: all it took. And it's like, I've never been able to hold a note as, as solid and, uh, smooth all the way through. Cause I always would get a little bit of air coming through and I would try manipulating and cutting, you know, like yeah. the, the soft part and, you know, it would work, but it wouldn't work quite right. Yeah. And as soon as I got that, just that little bit of give in there, it was just like, bang, it just seated in there and there's no more air going through uh, where it's not supposed to.
3: Yeah, exactly. And that's honestly the trick. If you can find where that reed has to sit in your mouth. And for me, the reed sits quite a ways back because I've been calling for so long. And the reason being um, I kind of want the reed very far back because when when i start putting air across the latex i want i basically want the reed to turn on all by itself like right away so and what i mean by that if if you can see the latex there mm-hmm. i'm literally putting air across the top there yeah so when you start putting air across there if it's further back in your mouth your air literally starts fluttering that latex right and that's what turns on the sound so once that actually turns on then the reed literally does everything for you. Gotcha. Yeah. Like you hear there's no air anywhere. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All the air is going through the reed before it right away. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Coming out of your your esophagus and it's just hitting that reed right away.
2: Yeah. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, Exactly. And don't be so, afraid to take off like a tiny, Don't take off much, but yeah, it's crazy. What even like if you were to trim off a sixteenth of an inch, just a hair off it, yeah, you potentially won't get if if you do get the gag reflex that we've all experienced at some time. Yeah, if yeah. you can just trim it a tiny tiny bit, and all of a sudden it works, and you don't get the gag mm-hmm. reflex anymore. But yeah, don't yeah. take a big chunk off. Like we're talking like literally a sixteenth at the, at a yes, time,
3: just a smidgen.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah 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 i got a couple of questions asked about uh how to stop like like wet mouth like guys are saying they get a lot of saliva built up when they're using a reed. i mean i told them you're yeah. just not practicing enough yeah I, I don't know if it's something with the material maybe that they're using or maybe well you know, it's a combination of things
3: yeah see you know i'm kind of i'm kind of opposite i get a dry mouth right. so um I don't know if you're just getting over ex- excited or whatever, and you know your your glands are working overtime, so you're really you're salivating quite mm-hmm. a bit. Um, the only thing you can really do is what I what I try to tell people is just literally throw the reed in,
1: <coughs>
3: make a couple sounds, pull it out, you know, dry it off on your yeah, shirt, yeah. get the slobber off it, swallow down, and then do it all over again.
1: Right. Right. It's not and then too pull shabby it back at
3: that out, right <laughs> pull it back out i yeah. always dab it on my shirt right it sounds gross but i just i like a dry reed when i throw yeah. it back in i don't know why it just yeah i don't want slobber dripping off it and it's yeah it's i think it's got a you affect know
1: your sound too if it's all wet yeah and full of slobber and stuff but yeah
3: absolutely like that yeah. latex it it has to vibrate a certain yeah. way yeah yeah and, so and if so it's if soaking
1: you're... wet and full of slobber it's not going to have the proper vibration. no that's right yeah. And it's,
3: it's just like, you have a bunch of slobber on that thing. You're trying to do the same cam you three or four times in a row. If it's all slobbery, you can't do it. Yeah. So, you know, have a nice clean read, uh-huh. swallow down your extra spit or whatever you got to do. And then uh, throw it back in and let it go. That's probably honestly the only way to get around that. Just don't be scared to pull the read out. Now I'm not the kind of guy that, I don't leave the reed in my mouth 24 hours a day. And I, I don't put it in the side of my mouth when I'm walking around chasing elk. If you're chasing elk, pull you know, and, and you're not going to be up to them. You're just going down the trail or whatever, trying to close a hundred yards or whatever, pull the reed out, hold it in your fingers or put it in your call pouch or whatever you got to do. Once you move into po- position, throw the reed back in your mouth and right. get on with what you're doing. Right. So, yeah. Funny yeah. yeah.
1: you said dry mouth there. I, I remember this one time when I was elk hunting, I had some, I had cows and bulls yakking at me and I was calling, 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 calling. They were walking away. I was falling, calling, calling. This went on for hours. My mouth yeah. was so dry. I couldn't call after. I remember I was like, Oh yeah. Licking, licking the moisture up off the leaves, <laughs> trying to get some water. In my mouth. I didn't know. I was like, and oh, like, yeah. okay. Like the dumbest move ever. Right. I get into it. I'm like, I'm like, okay, they're coming. They're coming to come Take my pack off, get set up, right? All set up, ready to shoot. And they start moving away. So I move a little bit further, right? They're moving away. I move a little bit further. I'm calling the whole time. Yeah. Pack still like bonehead move. Pack still back there. (laughs) It's back there. Yeah. I keep going, keep going, going. This goes on forever. And I'm like, fuck, I don't want to leave. Yeah. I got the worst dry mouth ever. I'm trying to call. I'm calling. It's just like, (laughs) yeah you got nothing <laughs> i can't even call him up this so dry <laughs> so i'm down there i'm licking the water off the fucking leaves trying to get some moisture in my mouth just so i could call yeah and then finally they i they stopped calling oh they were on to me i was like oh yeah. I, all the way back. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> moral of the story don't don't take your pack off leave your pack
3: off Little do you know that wasn't the dew you're licking off the leaves, they were peeing on it the whole way. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no doubt. Salty, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so I also heard early on in the podcast you're saying your chuckling is not uh 100% fabulous that you want it to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just it's not it's not great. I mean, what. You know, I listen to you guys chuckle and I'm listening to myself chuckle and they just don't yeah. sound the same. So um
3: so uh so I can kind of teach you what's going on there with the chuckle. The chuckle is uh basically it's a two-part sound. Right. So you have your reed making the sound uh-huh. out. Yeah. And then there's actually a sucking in of air sound. Mm-hmm. So it's uh with the reed you're going and then with your voice you're going mm-hmm. sucking in. So And then when you put a read in, obviously there's a little faster cadence to it. Right. But it's literally like
1: Yeah. Gotcha. You
3: hear the difference? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. See,
1: mine doesn't uh mine doesn't sound like that. I'll have to I have to work on it. Maybe so you know what you do when you're practicing, don't even use a read,
3: right? Just do it with your voice, just okay. Copy, just go. uh,
1: kind of build that muscle up a bit yeah,
3: yeah. just kind of learn the whole thing yeah, yeah. to it and then when you throw the reed in your mind goes oh okay frick yeah. i know what to do here uh-huh. so you'll throw the reed in and okay. honestly it's the easiest sound in the world just you're not even doing anything good. Mm-hmm. just a quick little screech out is all it really is <laughs> so really that The first part of the call is really nothing you're just making a little tone on the reed so the whole thing is the the sucking in and i mean you can you can growl when you suck in like you can and like throw your voice in
1: more and right right
3: you can change up your cadence you can go slower you can go faster you know like
1: now you know in what your what experience I mean? yeah i got you in your experience those faster and slower chuckles that the the mm-hmm. bulls are making <clears throat> is that just different vocals you know like obviously every bull's not going to sound the same you know you and i don't yeah. sound the same they're going to be a little bit different is that that or is that do they mean different things well I think when they're bugling, when they're chuckling, the faster
3: they get, the more exciting and ramped right. up they're getting. Yeah, I
1: got you. Makes um, sense.
3: And the whole thing with a chuckle, it's actually an invitation call. So you can be chuckling at cows. You can be chuckling at mm-hmm. bulls. You're telling them to come over. Mm-hmm. And if they're chuckling at you, which is what's going to happen, they're telling you to come over. Because in the elk world, they're, no, yeah. dude, you come to me. You yeah. come to me. I'm the king. You come to me.
1: So, I've had that experience before. I've had one only chuckling, not bugling. It would just chuckle back and forth. And then I would do cow calls. And then as I would get closer, my cow calls would get more and more excited. And then I'd stop. And then he'd chuckle. He wasn't moving, he was just chuckling. So, I'd keep progressing. I'd do a couple cow calls, a couple cow calls as I was moving. And then he'd chuckle. Didn't leave one spot the whole time. Uh, but and in the end, it was a couple other cows that busted me. Yeah, yeah, that's
3: what it'll be. Uh, just kind of keep in mind when, you move, when you're when you moving in on a bull, he's probably got cows. If he's chuckling, mm-hmm. he's probably got cows because he's talking to them as well, keeping them in this little area. And when you get close, you'll, you'll hear glunking more more often than not if the cow is coming in dastrous because he's tending to her. Right. Yeah. Um, but if he's chuckling, he's telling you to come in. But mean be mindful because he's probably got some lookouts. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and they'll get yeah. you every time. So and then honestly, don't even move in with your cow or calf call. Just move in and like I say, like swish some grass and stuff yeah. on your yeah. way in. Yeah. And uh just gotcha. make real don't be don't be scared to grab some branches and just snap them. Grab grab a stick with you and just break it off. Yeah. You know, every every 20, 30 yards that you're going. Just snap, snap. So they know you're coming. He's still gonna stay put because he knows you're an elk. You don't care. You're an elk. No, no big deal. I don't don't care. You can come in. He knows he's inviting you in because his girls aren't dripping. They're not going into estrus. Yeah. He's honestly got nothing to worry about. You Uh can't breed his cows anyway. So, um, it's just a matter of going in there, making those alky type sounds. But the minute you, you, you hear Joel Turner talk about it a lot. Um, the minute you start going in making cow sounds, you're that hussy in the bushes trying to basically call that bull away from the girls and the girls, they're the leader of the pack. As you know, those girls turn, they go, right. That bull just follows the girls like a little puppy dog wagging his tail. Yeah. So you don't even know it. You're actually pushing the elk away. So try to stay away from those type sounds and just break some branches and swish some grass. And if you have to stop and, and rake a tree. You know yeah. that
1: that that's what I've had the most success. I've called yep. in, I've called and yep. killed bulls, yep, just from raking and like no calls. Oh yeah, like yep. just raking, no calls, and like you know, obviously the timing of me raking the tree was perfect, and you yep. know making a lot of noise that was perfect. But you know it's worked, and uh, yeah, oh yeah, and just no calling. You know, it's crazy. I couldn't yeah. believe it either when it came in. I was like, holy fuck, that was announced. So and so- again, it happens quick, like really quick. This yeah. all happens, you know, from the time you're raking. To the time you're shooting, yeah, is man, not very long a minute, two minutes, right? Because, oh, yeah, if I find when I'm raking that tree, that bull is coming in, like he'll stop, rake a tree, but then he's moving, he doesn't, it's not like he's staying still, as he does when he has his cows, he's just coming in hot and heavy. Well, and the reason, do you know the reason behind what's going on there? No, well, I mean, other than he figures there's another bull coming in during a Yep, exactly. Yeah. exactly
3: yeah yeah so when you stop and you start raking that tree now you went from calling to him chuckling to him to raking your trees now you're advertising to his cows right yeah so now that's just gonna turn the tails on that ball and he's gonna be like what this dude's like trying to take my girls now like i just yeah. told you to come over like now you're gonna do that to me <laughs> so yeah. so he kind of starts getting you know worked up right away yeah. and he's like okay now he's got to come over to you and check you out. So that's what yeah, he's going to yeah. do, right? Gotcha. So. He
1: figures the other guy's high spading them there. Yeah. Oh, that, and, we all know yeah. that game, eh, Pete? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
3: exactly. Yeah. Sometimes you got to do something <laughs>
2: about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the same right. Thing. It's just not a good situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. So well, that's, I was going to say, Travis, what else you got going on here? Um, I'm pretty sure you got a elk calling competition coming up.
3: Yeah, yeah, we have uh in July uh, in Park City, Utah, Worlds is uh July 22nd, 23rd, I believe it is. So, all right, I'll, I'll be driving down to that and uh give her another go at her, see where we can come in this time. And how many times I've, have you gone down to it? Uh, I've, I've went uh, me and Phelps started going, I believe, in 2013 was the first year that we actually met and went down there, it was the same year. You know, we both got up on stage and we were both shaking like little leaves because we we're new, new guys on the block because we literally start build, building calls at the same time. And uh, so we were new in the game. And, you know, we probably weren't the best callers back then either. Not going to lie. So, yes. you know, you get thrown up onto the professional stage. And it's like, oh, shit. Now you're <laughs> calling. gets all the big guys, right? It's like
1: who was oh. top dog when you did it, when you were in there the first time.
3: Uh, it was always uh, Joel Turner and gotcha. Brian, Brian Langley and Corey Jacobson. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. He's yeah, Corey's, yeah. Corey's won it a few times. I know it was like, nine yeah, Corey's eight, like nine 10 seven.
3: time world champion. Yeah. Joel, I believe is three time world champion and Brian Langley is four time world champion. So yeah, there's a
1: lot of guys doing it. I mean, nothing to take all that stuff. Yeah. Corey, when he was doing it, but <clears throat> there's a yeah. lot of guys doing it nowadays, man. Well, and the funny part you guys should hear the men's division
3: right before the pro professional division. I'm telling you there's guys in the men's division that are so damn good. It's like they're scary good. Really? So,
1: yeah. I didn't yeah. even know there was different divisions or anything. I always thought it was just yeah. enter and
2: yeah, yeah. To, leave to the judges. How, yeah. How do you get invited yeah. to something like that or how do you qualify for a
3: championship? Well, like well that? Back, back in the day you just had the uh, there was actually a $100 fee and it's put on by the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. Um, so the first couple of years, you actually had to pay, I believe it was a hundred bucks to enter the professional division. Now it's literally free and you just literally go there and you don't have to qualify for it or anything. They have okay. qualifying and, and then day two is, is the finals. Okay. So qualifying is the hard day because, well, back in the day you're calling against 40 or 50 guys and those judges are all behind a curtain so they're hearing caller number 1 caller number 2 okay. caller 15 caller 30 all back okay. to back to back to back right like i feel bad for those judges because oh, i don't dope. know how you differentiate is caller number 1 better than caller 17 and is you know 24
1: better than caller 4
3: or you know like they yeah, had a oh, hard dope. time yeah so. so
1: do they so do they <clears throat> give you guys scenarios or is it like you guys just get freestyle
3: uh, so basically now they've actually changed the, the calling championship. So it's actually head to head battles. Uh, wow. so you have two callers up on stage and they'll literally pick, uh, cow sounds out of a hat and then they'll pick oh, bull sounds okay. out of a hat. I get you. Right, so I get you, you right. could have to do, you might have to do a cow bark, uh, a calf sound, maybe a cow bugle or a cow mew, and mm-hmm. then you'll have to do like a location bugle bull bark, um, lip ball bugle stuff like that they literally tell you what to do okay. and then at the end of those um required sounds now caller number one gets 45 seconds to do his routine bull sounds cow, cow sounds whatever he wants and then caller number two gets to do the same thing so, so you guys will just
2: create your own <clears throat> sequence more or less that you yes. want to showcase yeah absolutely okay oh, okay yeah, okay. Cool. yeah.
3: So for one, it's going to be a lot, a lot easier on the judges (laughs) because they're not going to have, they're either going to like call her number one or call her number two. So it's going to be pretty, pretty Mm -hmm. black and white, I guess you could call it. And honestly, for the, for the guys like me that have been going for a long time, like I missed the last couple of years because of COVID obviously. Uh, So I think the last time I was there was uh, 2018 or 2019, 2019, I believe. And then. 20 and 21. I missed 22. We're going to, yeah. So, um, so a lot of lots changed change and it's, I'm actually looking forward to it. Cause you know, it's awesome. It's actually a lot more fun head to head because when you've been there for four or five, six years, you get to know the guys and you become friends with them. Mm-hmm. You know, like I sit with Dirk and I sit with Phelps and I, you know, I sit right behind Corey's crew that does all the filming and you're, you're literally chit chatting back and forth and, Everybody's, you know, you, you kind of, you learn their wives and you learn their kids. And yeah. I, I sit with Brian Langley and his family and, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. You know, everybody thinks it's all cutthroat and, oh, you know, Rocky's against Wapiti and, uh, you know, Phelps goes against one oh one and, but it's not really like that in, in the calling industry. It's, we're all a pretty close knit, knit group for the, for the most part. Um, oh, that's cool. And, you know, you get in your little groups and you chit chat and, and yeah, then, yeah. you know, there's always some people you don't chit chat and stuff with, but, you know, I try not to bug the other pros and stuff while we're there as well. Cause you know, they're focused, they got a job to do. They mm-hmm. call for other call companies as well. Yeah, right. Yeah. So they got to kind of, you know, yeah. put on a show and, and try to do the best they can for their call company. Yeah. And, sure. but in the same time, you know, we're all there like, you know, shaking hands and, yeah. you know, giving each other hugs and pumping you yeah, out. Like, cool. Get up there, do good, man. Like yeah. freaking kill it and stuff, that's you awesome. know? So yeah, that's good yeah, camaraderie for sure. Yeah. Awesome. I, I look forward to it actually. Uh, it's actually fun going down. It's the one time where you actually walk into the room and you see a lot of faces that, well, for me, I haven't seen them for a couple of years now. Right. So yeah. that's, what's pretty cool. You know, you yeah, go up cool. I, yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, yeah that's so kind of kind of nerve
1: wracking though, way if you haven't been there for two years. But I guess they haven't, mm. they haven't done it for two years either. So I guess maybe everyone's going to be, you know, well been practicing hit, hitting hitting in lots, or else yeah, actually, be a little rusty.
3: Yeah, actually they have the they kept it going in the states. They well, were they did they, eh? they kept yeah, it going dogs. the last couple of years. Yeah, they, so oh, uh, man, <laughs> the fell actually they're a done little done more it,
1: liberal with the COVID stuff that yeah. we were so <laughs>
3: yeah i think it went through <laughs> different phases
1: <laughs> well unless you're in texas like i talked to guys down in texas they're like what you yeah did what i'm like we're still shy <laughs> my buddy in texas he's he he called me he's like hey you want to go to montana for a bear hunt i'm like dude i can't get across the border COVID. he's like <laughs> yeah covid you talking about that's like old <laughs> news i'm like not up here buddy yeah, yeah good line it out <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah so the dude that
3: actually won the Worlds last year, uh, Cody McCarthy, he's actually a really good dude. Uh, we we text back and stuff, and you know, he will see my posts on Instagram, and I'll see his stuff, and we like all our stuff, and we'll comment and stuff all the time, and yeah, he's a really good dude. I was, I was pretty yeah. proud of him, actually, when he won last awesome. year. It's yeah. That's just how it is, you know, you can't be there to to call in it, so... You always root for someone else, and Cody was the underdog. So, oh, cool! And and he came through and won it. So that's pretty cool. That's that's that's, that's pretty freaking pretty pretty proud of him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. It's always nice when you see the underdog. Yeah, especially when he takes when he takes over the title. Eh, it's always. I mean, yeah, yeah. You gotta you like root for the champ, but it's always cool to see somebody else wearing the belt. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's awesome. It's
3: just. Just like the Rocky movies, eh? You oh, yeah. Always, yeah. I yeah. always want Rocky to win in the end.
1: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure yeah, so. <laughs> cool. yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, Trav, where can everyone find you?
3: Uh, basically they can find me at River, uh, Outdoors.com. And honestly, they can even just phone me or text me or whatever. Okay, uh, numbers cool. on the website. Just yeah, go on we'll there. put it all
1: up in the show notes too. And we'll throw a little, yep. uh, Link up on the webpage, A eh, Pete, where yep. uh, where guys oh, yeah. can find Trav and, yep. and Wabity and all that stuff.
3: A lot of times I get fairly busy. So if you do phone, I don't answer, leave a message and
1: I'll get back to you
3: eventually, you know, once my hands free up kind of thing. Yeah, so
1: no doubt. Do you- I could I can only imagine if you're making all those one by one, it gets uh, yeah it'd get pretty busy. It- and you get hammered all day long.
3: <laughs> Your phone's yeah, ringing yeah. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> in between and it's
1: like shit. <laughs> yeah.
3: I, I, <laughs>
1: so I know that game all too well for sure.
3: Yeah. Cool. You got yeah. anything to add,
2: Pete? Uh, well, good luck at the worlds. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks. You know, best of luck bringing a title back to Canada here. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, hopefully we can get you on later on, maybe closer to hunting season or after hunting season or something. Yeah, Let us know everything that's going on. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Cool. Okay, guys.
1: Um, uh, Thanks a lot, A Trav. And uh, you know, again, we'll put everything up where you guys can get easy links to you and uh yeah, and good and good luck out there and uh and we'll talk to you soon, Pete. All right, have a good night, guys. Yeah.
3: Awesome. Work later. work on your chuckling, and next time we chat with you, we'll yeah. Well, I'll be working. <laughs> <down>.
1: <laughs> All, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. yeah. You'll do the I, don't know, how, I don't know
1: how how long t- the listeners are going to listen to me squeal on the
2: microphone. So. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah, but believe me, exactly. they're going to show up to
2: listen to it at least for that <laughs> yeah, second or two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: no doubt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Talk to you guys later. Awesome. Thanks. Talk to you later. Thanks, guys. Bye. See
1: ya. again everyone for tuning in to the focus hunting podcast it's coming at you as part of the waypoint outdoor collective quick shout out to the sponsors of the show vortex optics the best in optics period backroads maps books never get lost with backroads maps AKU boots yo to your feet scree hunting gear now if you guys check the show notes you're going to find some promo codes use them save a bit love you guys talk to you soon